Welcome to the Asians Redefining Their Success podcast, where Asian professionals share their stories of breaking boundaries and switching into more creative and unconventional careers. I am your host, Yangshi Zhou. Welcome to episode two. Our very first guest is David Hu. David is a curious and lifelong learner, an avid explorer and lover of life. A former software engineer at Khan Academy and Google, he felt like something was missing in his life and was inspired to change into a more people-oriented career. Many meditations, human connection classes, and a cross-country road trip later, where he discovered a love for helping strangers. He made the switch into career coaching, where he helps the minority and disadvantaged get coding jobs. Now he's traveling Southeast Asia as a digital nomad, connecting with people around the world, and creating endless boundaries for what's next. Because this podcast is unconventional, not that the formal intro is over, I'm going to share a quick, fun, personal fact about David before we go into the, the interviews. It's not quite spilling the tea, but just behind the scenes so that these people feel more real to you, because they're very much like you and me. So David actually used to be a past client of mine, and now he's a really, really good friend. And I remember when I first met him, um, I was coaching people, my business was online, and I was making these monthly travel videos. And he saw a video in July, and he was like, one day, I want to do that, even though it seemed impossible at the time. And he didn't know where to get started or what steps to take. And now that dream is his reality. So if you have this energy, this drive, as well as this impossible dream, and you want to direct it somewhere and see what's possible, I think you really like this episode. Enjoy. Hey, David. Welcome to the show. I am so glad that you are here. First, can you give us a quick intro about yourself, the career you were in, and what you're up to now? Yes, Yangshi. I'm so excited to be here to talk to you about this. Grateful for a chance to uh, share my thoughts and journey. So, I used to be a software engineer in California. I uh, worked at Google before. Uh, worked at Khan Academy. I then experimented with career coaching, so helping other engineers um, work. Prospective engineers uh, get jobs that they want. I've also experimented with working part time for nonprofits, and what I'm doing now is I'm uh, traveling. I'm in Thailand, uh, mm. in China before that, and I'm working part time while I'm traveling, and I'll be going to other places in Southeast Asia. Uh, and East Asia. Amazing! That is like the digital nomad dream, and I also love Thailand when I was there. Chiang Mai is super great. So I'm curious for you. Let's talk a little bit about you know before you made the leap or the career change, whatever you want to call it. So where you were in engineering full time, nine to five. How did you know it wasn't the right fit for you? Hmm. There were, let's see, a number of things. Mm-hmm. Um, is in twenty fifteen, I went to Burning Man. Um, sure, most people have heard of Burning Man, big festival in the desert, and I experienced a lot of connection, acceptance, and joy mm-hmm. um, being with people. Uh, and as a result of that, and other experiences. I've had uh, connecting with friends, going to therapy, um, taking personal development classes. I've really grown to enjoy connecting with people. Um, and something about just staring at a screen all day didn't give me enough of that heart to heart connection, that satisfaction that I want to just feel um, and that I want to see on another person's face. So that, that's one. Mm. Yeah, so good. 
Mm -hmm. And another is, uh, I think my personal dreams and desires and, you know, the world that I want to create and the one that I think diverged from uh, my company that I was working at at the time. I was more, I felt more passionate about helping everyone in the world uh, to live better lives. Um, and my company was more focused on a smaller region in the world. And also I, I thought the team, um, the company dynamics shifted from when I first was first working there. And also just the time came, I think for me, where I felt like I could and also wanted to explore on my own, uh, follow my own dreams. Yeah. Um, yeah. I found it really interesting that you really, you know, hit all the points that kind of line up for a career change. So, you know, you had different dreams you wanted to pursue. You had a different mission. The team dynamic wasn't as ideal as it was before. So it felt like, you know, all of the stars or signs kind of lined up. So how long did you entertain the thought about a career change? Let's see. It's an interesting question I haven't thought about before. Well, I first entertained the thought about leaving my job uh, in 2017 when there were just the company culture didn't feel like the right fit for me anymore. And I think it, I don't, I can't recall a specific point in time when I thought. I could be doing something different entirely in a different field. I think it's just after I quit my job in 2017, I traveled, I had some relationships, I did a lot of meditation, I took a lot of classes. Um, and then the people that I started surrounding myself with were people in different fields. And slowly and slowly it just, at some point, I was like, oh, I, it's, it's just like one day you wake up and you're, you find that you're a different person and you don't know how it happened. Mm. But, um, I don't know if that, that's, that resonates or that's, that's a good answer. Well, there's no good answers to <laughs> yeah. bad answers. Yeah. And it resonates definitely mm. in the sense that for my own career change too, you know, when I think about when I first entertained the thought, it was probably, um, you know, the beginning of 2016. So I was also thinking about a career change for, you know, one to two years. And mm -hmm. it's definitely, you know, not dramatic, like on and off switch. One day you just wake up and you're, you're like, you know, I'm ready. It's more of that accumulation over time and mm -hmm. you know, the experiences and the people you met that help shift that, you know, mindset change in your mind. Because I think for a lot of us and people who are listening right now, they are probably thinking about, they have been thinking about a career change for a while. So for you, did you, what were some fears that you had around this career change? Did you feel, you know, if it's too late? And if you did have these fears, how did you overcome it? Mm. I think the, if I had a fear, it would be like, can I even do it? Mm. Um, yeah, uh, that was one. And I like, how would I do it? Where do I get started? So there's like a lot of confusion and just a, a mysterious like path. I, I don't know how to take the first step of. Uh, regarding taking the first step, I think there were a number of first steps that I took. One was it, was, it was sort of a gradual transition. So one was quitting my job in 2017. And then in the middle, there was um, taking a lot of classes and so forth. And then, and then I think a key step for me actually was uh, meeting you in, oh. that, in that car ride up to uh, Salon in San Francisco. And just where, to... Uh, 
Tawa, or to give a quick explanation of Salon, for those people who aren't in California, it's this weekly event that's kind of like a TED talk in the sense that some, a speaker comes and they talk about a topic and it's ranged, you know, from meditation to like chocolate eating. Um, and afterwards we mingle together. So it's like a space for intellectual conversation as well as people who are into community. Yeah, perfect. Thanks for mentioning that. Um, yes, so we're in yeah, the car. So, yeah, so we're in the car and then uh, we talk about uh, one month projects, which is a, your um, uh, one of your previous endeavors where you help people uh, pursue a side project mm. for one month. And I was telling you about like, oh, I thought I think it's a really cool premise, but I, I don't know what I would do um, for a one month project. And then I think you just suggested, well, you just, you can take the first idea that comes because um, it's you don't have to it doesn't have to be set in stone you can try for a month and then you can try something different and so what I share with you was uh, this idea that I had for helping engineers get jobs um, which I discovered I had sort of a, a knack for well I don't know if a knack for but um, I had a curiosity uh, to explore and I still remember how your eyes lit up when you're talking about this idea, you know, and it's something that I see in my clients a lot too, is that they have something deep inside them, this more creative pursuit. For you, it was more of a more people connection pursuit and they've just hid it inside them for so long. And when there's someone to bring it out, their eyes just lit up and the way they talk about it, it's such an inspiring moment. Yeah, and I think you talked about at the end of the night, you, you, you mentioned how I looked bright. Mm -hmm. And I think it was, that was the brightness of this sort of dormant idea that didn't know how to be expressed and then realizing there was a way for it to be expressed. Mm -hmm. um, Beautiful. I, I didn't know how to start. Um, I thought I would have to like spend a year building a website and a following and studying or whatever it is. Uh, and then when I was talking to you, it was like, well, what if we just work on it for one month? Um, what is like a tangible goal? It's like sort of the middle path between like just thinking about it and not doing anything versus like spending like a year working on it really intensely and then finding out it's not the right thing or you know, whatever. And it's like, oh, just one month. You can just set like a small but achievable goal that gives you a taste of what it's like and gives you this experience of uh, a small taste of success. Possibly. Mm -hmm. I love how you mentioned that because it's such a, you know, side project. So they've been around for a while too. And a lot of the technology that we have today came from side projects like Gmail came from a Google side project. Mm. And I think a lot of people, um, when they think about a career change, one of the more common myths is that it has to be really, really risky. And so doing a side project really helps de-risk it. And for you, it seems like you had two turning points. So one, when you quit your job, and two, when you started to, you know, test out and start small and do the side project. So for these two turning points, um, what made you feel like you were ready to do these things? Because I think oftentimes taking the first step is really hard. So what helped you feel ready to quit your job? I think that's huge. And then what helped you feel ready to take that first step towards your next career? Yeah, so what made me feel ready to quit my job? I think at first, when I first thought of the idea, it was really scary. Mm. Before that point, I had never thought about leaving my job. When I first entered my job, I thought it was my dream job which it was for that time. Um, I loved the people, I loved the mission, I loved the work. Um, I was just in, like, I was happy, so happy every day. And it just slowly, things changed. It's not 
nothing bad happened, but it's just uh, over the years, uh, I changed, the company changed. And at some point, um, I was actually talking to my therapist and, uh, who suggested, oh, like, how are you? I might like look for a different job. Um, and I was like, whoa, wait, but huh? <laughs> no, no, this is, this is like, this is really weird. This is um, sort of like eating frog legs or something. But, um, <laughs> and uh, no offense to anyone who likes frog legs, but, um, but then as I was driving back home, I was like, wait, if I did quit my job, what would I do? Oh, maybe I could, you know, work for this other person or, or maybe I don't even have to work. Ooh, I love that. It's challenging. What is the norm? Yeah, I was like, I, I was doing something called the artist's way at the time. Mm. Um, which is a self-guided eight-week-ish course where you like journal for 20 minutes a day, stream of consciousness first thing in the morning. You take yourself on these like two-hour dates every week. You get inspired basically um, to figure out what you actually want. And throughout that process, I had originally just acquired just this whole mass of different things that I, if I had the time for, I'd want to do. Um, or make or whatever it is and then I realized that by quitting my job I could have time to pursue a lot of these things so I had this dream I was going to travel for six months and then live out of a zen center for six months and then I would uh, like take a, take a tango class I would uh, meditate I would do all of these things that was on my mind and then when that idea entered my head of all the things that I could be doing. It wasn't a matter of like, oh, should I quit or not? It was like, oh, I can't wait. I can't wait to give myself a time and space to pursue all of these things. Wow, um, and then, what a yeah. powerful reframe. Yeah. And then I was ready. And then I was like, all right, well, how do I make it work? I'm going to save up this much money. I'm going to finish the project I'm currently working on. Uh, I'm going to take like, you know, I think it was uh, about six months before I actually quit um, when I first thought of the idea of quitting and then six months after I quit. Um, yeah. And then I quit uh, six, seven months after that. Wow. And you did end up living at a Zen meditation center <laughs> and you're currently traveling right now. That's right. It happened. <laughs> Wow, you brought up such an interesting point that, you know, I, how, asking yourself the question, not like, should I quit or not, but how can I not quit? And I think that only happens when you're aware of the amount of other possibilities that's available out there. And you're realizing that, you know, the, you're at this job and you're earning money to buy yourself these experiences and then you can just directly have those experiences right now yeah it's a as you said it's like a reframe that from should i quit should i not quit to like wow i see this path in front of me that is clear and i want to walk it i want to see where it leads mm. so a question from a listener or a reader from the audience was for you, what was it that you had to let go to trigger this change in your mind slash heart? Mm -hmm. I think it was, I had to let go sort of the, the safety net of like having a job and everything that that provides you. So things like the money, the structure, the group of people around you, uh, the mission the thing that you're working towards um the the status also of saying hey i work at this prestigious like company so and like a sense in some way a bit of my identity too it felt like because you know i would introduce myself uh, at events with oh i work at this cool company people are like oh you work at this cool company i want to 
why not more? I want to visit you, blah, blah, blah. And that's who I was. I was an early employee, employee at this really cool company. And that's who I defined myself as for like almost, uh, yeah, for quite a long period of my life. And then I would, after I quit, I'd be like, oh, I'm, now I'm like nobody. I'm like a floating person. Um, in some sense, it felt like that. But in another sense, it was also the gaining of a new identity. Mm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I definitely know what you mean by, you know, tying our identity so much to the company we work for or the role that we are in. And this is how we introduce ourselves at events when we meet strangers. And in a sense, you know, if you work at a cool company, like it does give you clout and you automatically feel so good about yourself. It's definitely amazing, like ego stroke, you know? Yeah. You're like peeling away those layers of, societal you know constructs of like what's a prestigious company and what's not and you're rediscovering and rebuilding this your true identity or this another identity that you want to take on and i just love the fluidity of that that you know you don't have to be a software engineer for the rest of your life and you know for me i didn't have to be a growth marketer in silicon valley for the rest of my life and that I can be different things and you can give yourself permission to be different things. And a really cool stat that I found is that people in America actually change careers every five years. And so another common career myth is that, you know, we need to find the perfect career that lasts us our whole lifetime. And in this day and age, it's, that's just not true, not realistic. Jobs are changing so fast. Like, it doesn't have to be that way. That's so cool. I didn't know that. Not, maybe not traditionally what we've thought about when we enter a career. Mm-hmm. Like, it's going to last our entire life. We, you know, go through university to prepare us for what we're going to do for the rest of our lives. But now things are a lot more fluid. Mm-hmm. And I think that is why it's so difficult for us to change into a different career and what a lot one of the main things that I see that keep the clients I work with stuck to is that you know they think that this one decision is going to has to be the perfect decision that lasts for the entirety of their lives and how scary is that how overwhelming is that like of course you're going to be overthinking it and be in decision analysis paralysis for the longest time because we're putting so much burden and pressure into this one thing you know totally totally yeah so i'm curious for you you know since you change from a career that is one that um a lot of asians love going into it's you know it embodies success and prestige software engineering and silicon valley so how did your parents react when you, you know, quit your job and you started your journey? Because I think this is a question that a lot of us have is, you know, what did your yeah. helicopter slash tiger <laughs> say? That's a great question. And it's, I don't think they said anything, to be honest. This might sound surprising. Um, or maybe I don't remember what they said. Um, but at the time, I think, I think I had laid it out to them pretty clearly, uh, the case for me quitting my job, um, the fact that I have a safety net. If there was anything that I needed, I I could get another job. Um, and I was pretty confident that I could. And I told my parents the reasons for that. And I think they've, at some level, they've also gotten used to that I'm just gonna do whatever I wanna do, regardless of what they tell me to do. And that there's not much use in them telling me what to do. So that was, that was then, that was when I quit my job. Um, I think I told them it was just going to be a temporary thing. It's going to be like six months or a year or something. Um, I want to explore, I want to travel, I want to do all these things. 
And then uh, those six months turned into, well, it, it just, I haven't had a full-time job since. And they have actually, the last time I visited about a month ago, they have commented about, okay, well, you know, job stuff. <laughs> Was it nine to five? Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it, they say, you know, that it gives stability and this is what uh, is, would create happiness for you mm -hmm. and what, uh, what is expected of a family, what a potential partner would want to, and all of that. So, um, so it seems like your parents mm -hmm. were neutral slash okay with it. At first, yes. Mm. Uh, yeah, I think I have just, I don't know, somehow convinced my parents that there are things that I want to pursue that are worthwhile. Um, and they've sort of seen the wisdom in that, I think. And I would say, to be honest, that I'm still in a process uh, of a transition where I'm still trying to, like, I'm still trying to figure out my identity. It's like, I'm still trying to figure out how to, like, you know, where I fit in or where I, what do I, what do I call myself? How do I want to create the value I want to create? How do I, um, find that structure and meaning for myself. Um, yeah, so, it never ends. Yeah. It's like a lifelong yeah. journey. Yeah. Mm. Can you talk a little bit more about where you fit in and also relating that to, you know, because I think in from an Asian background, one of the things that we're taught up, or taught, not taught up, taught to do while growing up is, you know, try to fit in and don't draw too much attention to yourself and be accepted. So also how does, how does that, how has that played a role in your, you know, decision-making process for your career too? Yeah, I definitely sometimes feel this uh, unspoken sort of pressure or offness or like, uh, oh, I, I should get a full-time job. This is the, because um, a lot of my friends have full-time jobs mm -hmm. uh, and a bunch don't too. Uh, a bunch are covering out their own paths, like you and others. <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, I feel like it could be easier to connect with people when I do have a job. Say so like, oh, you know, people automatically sort of understand what your life is like. Yeah, and I've also just you know, heard from friends, like, oh, you should, you should just get a job. Like, um, when I share with them some of my struggles, they're like, oh, just get a, get, get a job. Um, so a job will fix that. Because <laughs> <laughs> people are in jobs, they're like, I have XYZ struggles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it makes sense to them because they understand it. Um, like, that's what they've known. And this is the path they've chosen. And it seems to meet some of their needs. Uh, although I also know uh, plenty of friends who have full-time jobs who are stressed out or anxious or depressed or all of that and are envious of the situation that I'm going to be in. Yeah. I think this is such a great testament to that. Like the struggle will always be there just because mm. you're happy or XYZ doesn't mean that. It, just because you're in your dream job doesn't mean that yeah. you know, you're not going to struggle. I think the question is more of what are you willing to struggle for? Like, what do you want to, how do you want to spend your time struggling? Do you want to be, you know, spending your time, putting your effort and dedication and, you know, basically spending a 30 minute waking hours at a job that doesn't feel fulfilling or, you know, at a company whose mission doesn't align with you, X, Y, Z, or do you want to spend that time, your life, creating something for yourself or pursuing something that feels more aligned. I'm just feeling shivers uh, <laughs> on my head hearing you say that. I'm just like, it's right on the ball, yes. Yeah, and you know, right. the struggle doesn't really end, but it's what you're willing to dedicate your life to. And then it doesn't feel like a struggle anymore, mm. um, although, there does involve some degree of 
uh, efforting or you know like a dance, but it it becomes very enjoyable. It's like when you're first starting a um, learning something new. There's like fumbling, you're fumbling around. It's a little bit awkward, and you have to put a, a lot of energy into it. And at some point, it becomes a fluent hobby. Um, it becomes like a dance, and you just get lost in it. Mm, um, I love that. It, it could. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. of it as like similar to painting, you know? It's like very mm. flowy, very fl fluid. So it's like mm. you can either be painting or you can either be like, I don't know, like digging a hole in the ground. <laughs> it feels more like <laughs> effortful. And right. It's all about just, you know, like aligning your talents and your strengths and your values and your mission towards the life that you're creating for yourself. And yeah. this also brings a really great point in that, you know, so how did you, as you were in software engineering, and then you experimented with career coaching, since career coaching requires a different skill set, you know, so how are you able to make up, quote unquote, that lack of experience going from one industry to the other? Um, I feel excited to talk about that. Part of it was from classes I took before making the transition. Um, so I took a class called Circling, it's specifically called The Art of Circling in California, taught by the Circling Institute. And it was a, it's a class on creating connection mm. um, through sharing your own experience, through active listening, through being curious, just having non-judgmental uh, being with another person. Um, and getting to know their world without agenda. Um, it's been just a practice that has really seeped into my life that I probably even do unconsciously at some point now. This shift from like trying to get somewhere to just being with what's there and like, getting curious about that. And then also some other, other classes related to connecting with people and at, that, at, at the time I took those classes just out of curiosity mm -hmm. it's just like something you just oh, there's a really cool patch of like grass or forest over there that I want to explore and I have the means to do it I'm going to go and see what's, what that's like yeah. uh, I just felt like the right thing to do I didn't know that I was going to go for a career transition at all yeah, um, and that's what's so amazing about when you start pursuing your own interests is that mm. it leads you to places that you never imagined or, you know, in a couple of years or months from now, it, it comes into play and you realize that you've been learning about this thing. Exactly, exactly. I had this sense a little bit, even before I took the class, um, that it could lead to something, but it doesn't have to. I'm just doing it, not for anything, but just for the sake of like, really drawn to it um, and yes it it did like open up these doors and these like I found myself using this uh, circling scale uh, when I was talking to prospective clients and I was just just doing the circle and then also the other part of it is I was learning it as I was doing it mm. and a lot of it with your help as well <laughs> uh, you were a big help both in creating structure and also in uh, the marketing aspects, which I didn't know how to do. And I felt a little shaky about it. And just having your sort of guidance on, okay, like, you know, cut, cut, cut it down to like one page. You know, mm -hmm. Here's an example of this what... The whole website, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah was really just gave me a lot of confidence um, and forward momentum um, to like just go for it. I really like how you approached it with a growth mindset, you know, mm. and you know, you, you're curious about circling. So you learned that. Um, and then when you decided to switch into coaching, you were also, you know, very coachable when you were working with me and you were open to new ideas and learning about marketing and all these different aspects that's necessary for a successful 
business and it really reminds me of that you know yeah like you don't necessarily need to have all your ducks in a row or like all the skills you need when you move to a new industry because like you said so many of it you pick it up on the job like how we pick up so many things on our first job you know and a lot of the times when we career change into something more fulfilling it's something something that we already have an innate interest in or hidden skills in that we didn't realize so it's not from what i've seen it's it's not that big of a leap as we often think it is especially if you're choosing a more aligned career yes 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 i'm feeling more tingles as i hear you say that it's not as much of a leap as you think it is. It may look on the outside like a leap, but the other thing I wanted to say is it, 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 although it might look like, okay, one day I just woke up, decided to start doing this and then started doing it. It was actually years in the making. Yeah. Except we didn't realize it until later. You didn't realize that it was, that that was happening, that I was all building up to this, but it's like in hindsight, it's like, Oh wow. Mm -hmm. Everything that's happened, all the, Person development, the classes, the therapy, the um, whatever, the exploration that it was just, it was building up towards this. And this was just the next small step to take. Yes, exactly. Oh man, and now I'm getting the chills. Um, <laughs> because on the outside, too, you know, with my career change, similar to you, I also quit. It was in October two years ago in 2017. And from the outside, it just seems like okay, I worked at my first job in Silicon Valley for two-ish, three-ish years, and then I quit. But in reality, I have been doing side projects for a whole year before that in 2016, when I was doing one side project every month. And I was in a lot of side projects. I didn't know what that was going to turn into. I was just doing it because I was I was curious about, you know, writing and dance and videos. And I had no idea that in the future I would become a coach and become a coach that helps, who helps other people go into more creative careers. Like I couldn't have planned for that, but it's when you follow your interests and what you're drawn to that it just so magically happens. And I'm still so amazed by it. I'm really happy hearing that. And yes, I really feel uh, it's like exactly like what you said. Mm. So for you, now let's talk a little bit about um, kind of in hindsight after your career change. At what point did you feel like that you're really confident, you know, that you made the right decision? Like you knew that, okay, this is right. This is what is good for me all along. I'll share with you a specific moment that popped into my head as you said that. Mm-hmm. Go for it. I was in uh, a backyard. I was jumping on a trampoline mm-hmm. with my client, whom I was coaching. Um, <laughs> it, it was during a break. Um, mm-hmm. So we had like a very long coaching session, like two or three hours. Came over. Um, I was house-sitting uh, for this, this house, and they happened to have a back, uh, trampoline in the backyard took a break in the middle, and then I uh, just decided to hop on the trampoline and join me. And I was like, wait, is this really happening? Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to do what I love to do and get paid for it, and then just like, just jump on a trampoline. Like, and I realized it was so fun for me to, it didn't feel like work. Mm. It was like, I'm, this is what I would this is what I wanted to do in my spare time if I had the time for it. Then it becomes a question of making the time for it versus, you know, what do I actually want to do? Yeah. And then the other thing also just wanted to add is, yeah, it didn't feel like work. It felt like play. It felt like Mm -hmm. I didn't feel like I was efforting. I felt like I was just doing what was, what came naturally and easily. Like I just love explaining things to people. I love teaching people stuff. I love, sharing my expertise on something and it's something I could just do for hours and um what I like to do on my previous job too yeah and I'm able to see like genuine value being delivered my clients like wow this is really valuable Mm -hmm. this is helpful this is not stuff I would have been able to figure out or do or realize on my own and now I see I'm a lot closer to 
where I want to go than I thought I was. Mm. Yeah. That is so, so beautiful. And yeah, I can second that. Like, I think you are on the right track. Work feels like play. And you're just like, how am I, how, how am I living this life? How am I able to do this? I often wake up thinking this way and (laughs) just amazing, incredible. So for you, um, how would you define success now versus back then? Especially since this podcast is about, you know, redefining success, career success. I love that question. And that question is so key. Mm. Um, I love just those, those two words, redefining success. And that is something that I'm doing that I think it really captures like uh, something I've been thinking about and something that maybe my parents don't recognize is they think success looks like, looks like this. And I think, well, no, 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 I think it look like something else. So, yeah, can you go more into detail about yeah, that? Yeah, for sure. Like what they or they you used to think success mm. was, or maybe you know that's reflected of how your parents thought because you know we picked that up from them, and then what success means to you now. Yeah, for sure. So what success looked like to me before is what got me the approval of my parents, mm. um, people around me, and the things that people could clearly recognize are the signs of someone who is doing well by society standards. So that would be things like having a prestigious job, making good money, doing something of genuine contribution to the world that people can relate to. Like people can, can people agree that this is something that contributes to the world. Yeah, I think that the like, prestige and name is a big part of it too. Um, name of the company and the, the uh, like if let's say I'm featured on some um, uh, like media, for example, <laughs> like, that is also uh, like something that I can, my grandma can recognize, for example. And then my parents and my, my family can boast about to their, uh, friends and so forth. Um, so like everything that, that feels safe, that got me the approval of the people around me, particularly my family and my friends, uh, that is what I thought was, it was successful. And it felt good for a while to be like, oh my God, yes, I'm checking all the boxes. That's also what it felt like, checking the boxes, getting the, like the A or whatever it is on the, like, okay, you need to do this, to do that, to do this, to do that. Yeah. And what about success for you now? Yeah. So success for me now, it's, what comes to mind is this sense of internal satisfaction and alignment. Mm, so good. Um, it's like designing the life that I think is, makes me happy and fulfilled. And then living that life it's it's dreaming dreaming up what my own standards of success are not just the ones that are handed to me by society or by my parents or by my friends but um something that i create on my own and i'm still trying to figure that out i'm still in that process experimented i'm exploring i've i have some ideas you know, travel is part of it being able to connect with people from different parts of the world, uh, being able to genuinely um, deliver value in the sense of making substantive shifts in people's lives, in their consciousness, in their what they think is possible, um, what their their feeling of satisfaction or safety, getting to pursue my curiosities, getting to go and visit these remote villages and um, connecting with people there, taking these classes in uh, different parts of the world, teaching classes in different parts of the world. Yeah, so those are among some of the things that I find fulfilling. Mm, That is so, so powerful and amazing to hear that you have taken 
it up or taking full responsibility and really embracing that you are the creator and the designer of your life and you're constantly redefining what success means to you and pursuing that from an internal place and what I found is that you know when it comes from an internal place that really does wonders also for our self-trust self-belief in ourself our self-worth um, self-esteem because oftentimes you know we think that we're not good enough and it's because we're comparing ourselves to these external metrics so it's really amazing to hear that you are creating these measures of success from somewhere internal at the core of your being yeah exactly for sure and i also want to say it's not so far to me it hasn't been a very well defined process mm. it's been a lot of i feel like fumbling around a lot of like trying this trying that um and it's not so clear um yet for me um like okay that these are the right standards of success and i also like trust that as I keep going on this path, there's going to be moments of greater clarity and that, you know, down the road, I'm going to look back one day and I'm going to uh, see that, yes, this is the road to follow. This was like I was walking the path, even if at some points it looked like I was, uh, was I going anywhere? <laughs> um, <laughs> it reminds me of this one time I biked from uh, really long distance and uh, for the first time and Cross in the middle uh, yeah well not entirely but like mm -hmm. um, this one time I was biking from my uh, well, my university back to, uh, home to my, uh, my parents live in Toronto it was like uh, 140 plus kilometers wow. almost like probably like 80 90 miles um, and before that I've only biked like a few kilometers mm -hmm. and in the middle of that, my legs cramped up. Um, I couldn't, I could barely move. And I was just lying on the side of the road for like 20 minutes. Um, but then at some point I was, I was just like, okay, I'm gonna get up and I'm gonna just start, get, get back on the bike and just go super slow. It doesn't matter if I get back in time or not. Um, I'll just go as far as I can and then, you know, bail out some way or the other. Yeah. And then actually at some point, I the cramps stopped. I ate some food, kept going, it became more downhill, and I, I made it all the way home. Um, and uh, it felt really satisfying at the, at the end. It also was very, I was also very energized at the beginning, so I was really excited for it. But in the middle, there's this, this part where I was like, I'm not gonna make this. Oh my God, I'm lying on the side of the road. This is a disaster. And then looking back now, I, like that was what made the end, that was what made the entire process so fulfilling. I call that part the crunchy middle. It's like that. Um, it's just this part where it's like you're not, you haven't reached the end yet, but it's this is the part where you, the, the work, you do the work. And, but in the, in the, in the middle of it, it you, you're not sure whether you are going to reach that destination or what it's going to look like or where it's going to lead you to. I am so glad that you brought this up because I think a lot of the listeners would benefit a lot from this we often think careers is like a linear line or you know maybe for your bike ride it's like um, one end to the other end and we think it's straight but oftentimes careers are like little squigglies little loops you know mm -hmm. you take turns here and there and you're exploring because you are you know re during the process you are redefining success for yourself in the middle that's when you're um, realizing, you know, what are my standards? What are my values? And you're constantly experimenting and learning about yourself. And I'm so glad you brought this up that you also right now, you mentioned that um, even though you are in your dream career or, you know, point in your life right now, you're still exploring. And that's, that's, I think, is something that we really need to hear because I think Oftentimes we think we get to a destination and we stop and we're fine for the rest of our lives, but that's not what happens. <laughs> that's exactly it. Yeah. You get to the destination and you realize you're still exploring mm -hmm. and yeah. And then it becomes, it, it reverses in some way. It's like the, 
the destination becomes the exploration, becomes the process. Yes. Um, yeah. And you learn to trust the process. You learn to, you know, go from like, and start flailing and being like, oh my God, what am I doing? What's happening? Oh. Uh, you learn to be like, well, okay, this is part of the process. This is exactly where I need to be. Mm. Um, and I trust that it will lead somewhere and that this is necessary. And I found that sometimes it's in those moments where you're just like, well, what am I doing here? But those are, it, it feels like the, the chrysalis. It feels like that is where the transformation happens. Yes. And listeners, I just want you to know that you are, like David said, and I, I 100% agree with this, that you are in the perfect place right now. You're exactly where you need to be. Exactly. And I'd love to ask you, you know, what would you say is the one thing that helped you the most in navigating your change? I'm trying to resist saying it is your coaching, but that was <laughs> definitely part of it. <laughs> I feel like I've mentioned this a lot in a lot of my answers. Um, but definitely, yes, having someone to believe in you, some, having someone to keep you accountable, having someone to help guide you through the process was tremendously helpful for me. Having that structure and um, taking, being able to take a first step confidently and really being inspired, like really um, believing in that it's possible that you want to do it uh, and then just putting a lot of energy into it and it's it's easy yeah. yeah and thank you so much for your compliment too that means a lot that you know seeing someone who has done it before and also you know seeing and who is also a coach has really helped you with your career change i also have a personal career change a career coach and i'm constantly amazed at how much my life has changed by him and this also means a lot in the sense that you know this podcast my intention for this podcast is that so listeners can see themselves in the guests that come on and the guests can be a source of inspiration um, for them and giving them tactical advice to confidently take that first step so all of this um feels is really meaningful and i'm also really thankful for you being here because you are going to be that source of inspiration for other people who are in similar shoes you know who are engineers or in paths that are more traditionally like successful or prestigious Mm. oh that means a lot to me i think one thing i'll say is you can give yourself permission to do what it is that you think um, you want to do. You don't have to wait for someone. You don't have to, doesn't have to have been done before. You can be that person to uh, just give it a shot, to believe in yourself, to say that, yes, this is a valid path. Because, um, you know, at the end of the day, like, Everything that we know that we think is valid is someone came up with it at some point. It wasn't a, you know, a, a thing before, and now it is a thing. It's it's all, it's all something that someone invented at some point, and you can be that person for yourself. A hundred percent to you saying, you know, you can give yourself permission, and that you can be the person who is like, okay, you have permission because mm. that's literally <laughs> and a quick personal story is that um, I'm also curious about how it looks like to give yourself permission so for me it, what that looks like was for this I have two examples for this podcast um, I talked a little bit about that with you before this recording was that you know before I thought that I needed to um, makes x x amount of money or have x amount of clients or be x level of famous before i could do a podcast and again these were just 
metric standards that I felt like society has set up that, you know, I, I didn't think I had control over, but now it's literally like, I don't have to meet those standards to prove to myself that I'm good enough to start a podcast. Like I could literally start one now. And another way I've seen um, letting myself, giving myself permission has manifested is yeah, letting, allowing myself to really 100% believe in myself and an action from that is actually investing in a career coach. That was, I think, a turning point for me because I was like, okay, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is, but also I believe so much in myself that I'm going to get outside help, someone who's done it before, to make this a reality. So I just wanted yes to point to out those two signs in case people are looking for, you know, what, what does giving myself permission look like? And I'm curious for you, like, how does that or did that look like for you? Yeah, uh, definitely to everything you said. And yeah, how it did look like to me is, what comes to mind now is um, it feels like rebellion in some sense. Mm. It feels like you know, I'm, I'm just going to play hooky today or whatever it is. I, I'm, I am, um, who says I can't do this, right? Um, uh, in particular to the aspect about going traveling and just doing whatever I want um, while traveling. Mm. Uh, and also uh, more to your point about having a coach, I think. That was a key um, part in actually for me believing in myself. Mm. Like I truly believe that it, uh, yes, you do want to you know be your own source of uh, you know self belief and giving yourself permission, and it can often very much help to have someone as you said who has walked the path before or done something similar or can give you some uh, guidance and belief and structure to uh, make it a lot easier and help you gain that degree of self-confidence and self-trust so that you can go more, more easily do it on your own. I believe that is a large part of it. what a coach, good coach does is, it, is they help you discover your own inner resources. Mm, yes spoken yeah. like a true coach <laughs> <laughs> and I really enjoy what you said about you know so it sounds like giving ourselves permission is a mix between letting our inner child come out and play as well as seeking mentorship mm, very nicely captured yes and I have two quick questions for you one is so I'm a huge book nerd so this is a question that I'm going to ask I, that I asked all my guests, which is, what was your favorite career resource or book? Mm. Yeah, so I want to answer with two things. Go ahead. Um, We're abundant. Abundant <laughs> right now. Okay. So one that comes to mind is a book called Deep Work by Cal Newport, mm. um, in which uh, he talks about the concept of really creating the time and space for us for, for you to be able to focus and do creative work which involves like a chunk of time like three to four hours or so um maybe it's in a new a different environment than what you're currently used to you remove distractions and you just work on the one thing that is um really important for you and then this isn't a career resource um, this is more of, more of a source of inspiration, but what has been pretty influential to me in terms of uh, giving myself permission and feeling like whatever is, whatever is going on for me right now is perfect and what needs to happen and just having that sort of self-trust and trust in the process is, is this... Uh, novel called Siddhartha mm. and it's a book of a fictionalized account of the Buddha um, and it sort of details his own journey from and a lot of it I find like 
I draw a lot of inspiration from that. And as Garfield's this fictionalized character, he was someone who decided there was something really truly important to him. And against, like he just didn't tell anyone he was going to do this, but one day he just left his really nice uh, setup, like he was a prince and he had all this wonderful accommodations and he left, in the, went into the middle of the forest, tried to learn from different people and, uh, and then, you know, uh, just lived in, just created his own conditions and sort of went through a lot of hardship. And mm-hmm. um, uh, there's something also about the book that just captured this essence of following your own path and trusting it and then realizing at the end that it will make sense in the end. That what, what is happening needs to happen and needed to happen. And is um, and that reframe, I feel like, is, uh, it, it's, it's, it's really huge and it applies to careers and I feel like it applies to life as well I feel like and as we talk about careers it's it's about life Mm -hmm. really it's it's um, finding our dream career is an expression of our ultimate um what we want to create in the world of our vision of what we want our life to mean yes a large part of it yeah Yeah, it's I find careers and life is so intertwined and that was one of the reasons why it inspired me to get into career coaching too is you know change your career and oftentimes you change your life too during the process yeah for sure lastly for you what parting concrete advice do you have for those who are listening right now and they're contemplating you know whether or not they should go for that less traditional career what would you most regret not doing yeah, what for you would be the path of least regret? Um, if things continued as they are uh, five years from now, so five years from now you're doing the same thing as what you're doing now, what would that be like? And if you were to look back, if you're, let's say, 80 years old, 100 years old, whatever it is, you look back on your life now, what is it that you wish you could tell yourself now? What would you wish you had done or not done? To me, it feels like that. This is something I've asked myself a lot: is when I'm on my deathbed, what would have been important to me? What would have been? What would not have been important to me also? And then it becomes, it becomes clear that yes, I have to follow. Like I, I want to follow my heart. I want to do what is meaningful to me. Um, and I, I have only myself to live with at the end of the day. I only have myself to satisfy, um, to please, to, to give my, to, to approve of. So at the end of the day, the only person that I need to make happy is myself. I love that. I love that you brought up that at the end of the day, you are the person who matters the most. You are the most important person. And it's such a powerful exercise so thank you and i love that it was also a question um, like an amazing coach that you are so (laughs) (laughs) well thank you so much for coming on this podcast i had so much fun and joy and just so much energy um geeking out over designing your life and talking about your career change david so where can we find you for your travels or your advice or if we want to keep up with you ah that's a great question i want to say that i have a blog but i don't at the moment you can definitely reach out to me uh at my email address david at david-who.com and on my facebook I'll probably post uh, there. And if I think of anything else, I'll let you know, Yangshi, and you can leave it in the sort of the, the notes. Awesome. Yeah, I'll definitely include these yeah. links in the show notes below. But that is something I'm still trying to figure out. So maybe aside from the podcast, like I would love to brainstorm how I could be connected to the world as I travel and share myself. Mm. So, yeah. Love this constant learning spirit. And Mm -hmm. again, David, thank you so, so much for being here and for coming on the show. It was such a pleasure. The pleasure is all mine. I'm just feeling like 
this joyous joyousness and this like excitement and this inspiration um talking to you so thank you so much also for geeking out with me on some of my favorite topics and it's such an honor and delight for me to be uh your guest on this show and uh probably your first guest too <laughs> yeah David. yeah thank you yanshi Thanks so, so much for listening. If you liked this episode, please leave a review on iTunes and let me know what was your favorite part. I'd love to hear from you. And if you want even more content and resources on changing careers, you can catch me on LinkedIn as well as my website at womanprojects.com. Thanks again and see you on the next one.